0: Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal-El. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But they all sold out. Say it all together if you're with me now.
1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Nerd's Ruin Everything. I'm Logan, and I'm Adam, and uh, we're gonna ruin the Oscar nominations.
0: <laughs> oh well, I mean, you know, the Oscar voting body—they <laughs> they ruined themselves. Fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, they managed to fuck themselves up uh, pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, you, you. I mean, you you have sibs, so you know. I mean, you have a twin. And you know that that game of stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. <laughs> That's exactly what they fucking did this uh, this week. Um, and it it wasn't it was just like I don't even know. Um, we have we have a couple of other things to discuss, but mostly it's going to be on Oscars. But I did want to ask you something. Um, it's it's a little bit of a news item, but it's a little bit not. Um, so a trailer dropped this weekend this week for a a remake of a beloved classic, a beloved Dirt Bud classic of an action film. And, um, and then the director went on to social media and started talking to people.
1: <laughs> telling I love people, it when a director is just like, not trashing the work, but basically just like disowning the studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Hey, I made this movie, but also fuck the people that are putting
0: it out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I would be just as. I'm just like, it's one of the first times in a while where. So Roadhouse, directed by Doug Lyman, who let us all get the qualifications. He's the one that directed the first born identity, the best born identity. He also directed Mr. and Mrs. Smith, um, uh, live, live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all You Need is Kill, which is the thing that it should have been named after. It should have been named because that was the manga. But all these movies, these great movies that he's made that are all like supremely unique action films. And, you know, they're putting it on streaming. Like he designed it. It was contracted out by MGM to be a theatrical movie. I mean, hell, you watch that trailer and it looks like Jimmy Buffett gone to hell in MMA style, like action. And it looks like a... It doesn't look a sh- like a streamer to me. It did not look like a streamer. I put it on my big screen. I looked at it. I'm like, this is not designed and shot like a big screen, like a, like a, like a streamer movie. This is like this. This is designed to be seen on the big screen, and it, it, just like the original Roadhouse, it's got that dirty flavor to it. I don't know, yeah. man. Like it, it's fucking wild to so, think that this. Go ahead. I, you, you. I I,
1: I, w- I want to play uh, devil's advocate here. Okay. I like Doug Liman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I really do. I, I like the movie. The great movies that he's made. Are really really great. But also. He's made some. Not great films. This is true. He has made trash. And his last Three movies have not done. In, in fact, since Edge of Tomorrow, he's not had anything that could be remotely considered a hit. I don't think. I mean, you have The Wall, American yeah. Made, um, Lockdown, and Chaos Walking. That's true. Oh, and, and that, it's that's, a movie called Justice. I don't know what that is that came out last year. I don't know if that's I, like a.
0: It's a documentary.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we can, that can be set aside. Documentaries yeah. rarely make money. Um. So I, I can kind of see like the point of going like, yeah, I, we just don't. Know if this is going to get any traction your last few movies have not done great Um, And if you have a buyer for streaming or or If it's just a matter of like you need content for your your space or whatever, I mean I can kind of see it I I do wonder why Like Why not there's there's no new release this week. there was not a new release into theaters this week, so exactly. I don't understand why you don't dump it in uh late January early February when there's nothing and kind of hope for the best um in in that case I you know yes, I agree with Doug Lyman like it deserves when the studios can't muster a single new release in a week. Like, it deserves a little bit of consideration for a uh, a release into theaters. But also, you know, Doug Lyman hasn't had the best recent track record. So it's kind of like, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, But yeah, I... I I don't know it's very It's It's interesting for sure I mean Doug Liman is such a Like eclectic Like director Mm -hmm. I'm definitely Interested in what his take on Roadhouse would be and I think it probably Could have done some decent
0: box office This weekend
1: Um
0: I mean, anything up until the end of March or the beginning of March, right? Like, it's a programmer, so give it a chance. And the thing is, here's the bigger part that disturbs me, is that it was contracted with MGM to have a theatrical release. So, like, he had, they had guarantees. And it's just like, okay, like, like any movie in the theaters that's designed for the theater from a guy, regardless of, like, his track record... Like, yeah. I feel like I like, mean if
1: it's it, in it's... the contract then yeah, if that yeah. or if that was even a verbal agreement, yeah, I, I feel like that's I mean, we saw what uh like the bullshit Warner Brothers tried to pull uh like the backlash that created like mm-hmm. with their their talent as far as you know even directors and producers go, <clears throat> you know, during the pandemic um uh-huh. Yeah, if you if you have a theatrical agreement, even if it's just a verbal one or whatever, like, you know, hold to it. But, you know, uh, the flip side of that, it's probably gonna get better. It's probably gonna get more eyes on it streaming than it would theatrically, theatrically. So it's, it's such a weird situation. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'll, I'll give you an example. So, like, like the beekeeper that came out January twelfth has made eighty million dollars at the box office for at a time where like Oscar <laughs> movies are making more money, and it's like like that fucking movie is basically John Wick with with honey. Like that's literally what it is. It's ju- it's it's. I mean, they're already talking sequel with this fucking yeah. movie, and it only yeah. made eighty million. Um. Like, like, and this is from the, like, this is the fucking funniest part is that it's from the same fucking studio. It's MGM, uh, Amazon. So, like, put it on fucking IMAX screens when there's no, when there's IMAX screens available in, in mid-February when you are going to plan to release it, right? Yeah. Like, until, until Dune, uh, until Dune starts taking over shit, like, which... I mean, I heard the news it broke the servers, the AMC servers or something like that for advanced tickets. I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, okay. So I guess Dune 2 is going to be a thing. I'm like, Dune was acceptable, right? Like, I'm like, okay. I don't know. I I didn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't watched it. (laughs) Like it's one of those movies where you like everybody else except for the star of the movie. Like, the star of the movie is like, eh. It's
2: kind of why like, I
0: haven't watched it. I don't like
1: Timothy Sheldon. <laughs> like, I have like, zero like, interest in this dude. I'm like, if this were Tom Holland, I would have watched this fucking movie. But
0: <laughs> exactly. I would opening weekend. And I think that that's what everybody is probably thinking. It's like t-shams i mean like you know it's like fucking like wonka okay fine whatever he's gonna be wonka singing dancing that's all but i mean a hard like a hard action star when you have i mean it's like literally you watch this movie and you go oh that dude i like that dude a lot i like that person a lot i like that i've looked at the cast list
1: and uh, you know of course i've
0: seen yeah. the trailers so
1: i'm just like yeah, I, but I just I don't want to watch T- Timothy Chalamet do anything for three hours, like I just well, don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other part is is that so like I just saw like I've seen the entire run of I can say it because it's already it's already in the release. I, I've seen the entire run of um, of Masters of Air, and so like the funniest thing to me about that show is it's the thing that I had a hunch. And it's like, okay, so fucking Austin Butler's a superstar. Like, like, that's the thing that you take away from it. That and, oh, man, like, you know, Spielberg and Hanks, when they were given, like, $200 million, they can make a fucking war movie. Or they can make a war series. Like, I forgot about. Like, it's like, it's almost like, oh, you forgot that we could do this thing. So we're going to give you a little bit of melodrama. We're going to give you some beautiful, like... The thing that I loved the most about it is that it it gives us the world like it itches that World War II fighter plane thing that I never see that I think yeah. it is like Pearl Harbor ruined but it has just a much melodrama to make it like a man like a man soap opera and it's great right like but it it confirmed to me something that I knew with Elvis but you just kind of need to see it and recontextualize and it's like Austin Butler when he hits like 35 40 he's going to like we're going to start talking echoes and whispers of like like that McQueen is in this where you yeah. just kind of exist in a space right or even Pitt in his 50s where he just stopped fidgeting and just was like oh I'm a big ass movie star I just can sit here and charm the shit out of you and not do a lot like the laconic thing right um But I see him in Doom 2, and it's almost like they went, we got Austin Butler. Um, We need to make him not look beautiful and not be this amazing superstar. We need to make him the most impish, weird, albino-looking motherfucker out there. And it's like, it's that weird thing of like, okay, so you're, you're now taking the guy who's really the superstar that's going to be the fucking superstar... And you're giving him this role that just like, let's put all the makeup on him so you don't realize and you don't want to root for this dude, other like, you know, against T-Shams which is literally the thing. It's like, you want to follow anybody else but him in this movie series, because it's just like, I don't know. It's like, it would be like casting Leo in Inception, 15 years before you casted him in Inception, right? Because, like, he was like, he had just turned 40 when Inception came out, and he was right, the right age to lead an action film because he had aged and he became a, an adult around that time, and then, but until that time, he was kind of a kid. I feel like it's the same thing with Tim, Timothy Chalamet. You're giving him this big, huge thing where I know it's supposed to be, like, you know, it, like, you know, uh, Dune set the stage for, like, this kind of like this kind of sci-fi the messiah and the chosen one but it just all feels like we're like he's playing dress up like it's not really like i watch dune and i just i i yearn for the david lynch dune right like that's the first thing i did after i watched the first three hour version of dune i'm like let's go ahead and put on david lynch's dune because it's so much better um i mean you know kyle mclaughlin and the weird part is kyle mclaughlin And Timothy Chalamet Kind of are like the same It's kind of like the same energy But I feel like I like Cal (laughs) McLaughlin more Um, It's just It's a weird kind of like I'm like okay well Dune 2
1: Speaking of Dune 2 uh, Uh What do you think about Warner Brothers Trying to play nice with uh, Christopher Nolan Like off the heels of the Oscar thing, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um like they're like, We're gonna re-release Tenet back in theaters for a limited run, uh, with a special preview, it sounds like, of Dune Two. Uh yeah. probably a la like uh what they did with Mission Impossible, right? Uh mm-hmm. with the the they put the first few minutes of uh or was it the reverse? was it the first few minutes of Batman or Dark Knight uh in front of the not Dark Knight Returns What is it? rises Dark Knight Rises and rises yeah yeah it was the the plane sequence right in front of yeah, exactly. uh one of the Mission Impossible movies in IMAX of course that was more of an IMAX thing and less of a studio thing but uh you know I I don't I didn't see Tenet I'm tempted to try to make I, it.
0: Uh, so it's the it's the big miss because like I refused to to go see it when it was released. Like I just refused because it was like we're still it, mid pandemic.
1: It's such a prima donna. Like as as yeah. bad as Warner Brothers. Like as bad as they they screwed up. Like Nolan just being like, no, we're gonna put it in theaters during. Like COVID lockdowns. It's like, yep. You're an asshole. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, uh, your art is not more important than the lives of other people.
0: (laughs) No, 100%. Um, 100%. Like, that was like the thing that I was like, oh, fuck you, Chris Nolan. Like, seriously, fuck you. Like, like, are you, like, I think we had, I think we had had a talk about it um after like when we first started like when we first started this podcast, because I mean, you know, it had been well past that time, but it was something that I feel like was an inflection point for cinema um and it was the thing you know what it was we were talking like we've been talking so long that like Oppenheimer we've watched the development of oppenheimer like we yeah. we we talked about the the Nolan going to universal. And both of us kind of being like, "Okay, Nolan, you want this this fucking three hour drama that's in IMAX to release in midsummer? Well, I don't think that there's a fucking audience for this cut to four hundred and fifty million dollars I mean, we later in thirteen hours yeah. yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> we were real fucking wrong, and I don't care like that that movie helped cinema in a big way over the summer, um, but like." I still remember, like, it's like you said, like, fucking stop the pre-Madonna baby bullshit. But I will say this much. I bought my tickets. I bought my tickets for Tenet because, like, that's a... I think I talked to you about it. It's a big, stupid, it-doesn't-make-sense movie. Like, yeah. when you're in the throes of it, it makes sense, right? This whole atrophy thing and going reversed, like, this reverse time thing. When you're in the middle of it, because it's this big $300 million movie where literally they're plash- crashing actual fucking planes into actual fucking buildings. And they're blowing up actual buildings. It's designed for the big screen, and I didn't get to see it. So you bet your ass I'm going to go see this stupid gobbledygook movie in 70mm IMAX because so, I have a chance to, right? Yeah. I. So I I have heard... So much about
1: Tenant—good, bad, indifferent, mm-hmm. like craziness. Like, it, it's this kind of weird thing that I know a lot about without actually knowing anything about. Because I've mm-hmm. I've not seen it. I don't know the plot of the movie, but I know like no one does references. Even- and, well, yeah. <laughs> um, like I I don't I I don't even know like the gist of what like why all of this, I, I don't know anything remotely small plot wise. I just know all these little pieces that people like go all, like have these rants about either because, Hey, Hey, you misunderstood it or you, you didn't get it or like, Hey, this is dumb. Like, you know, are people just going like, whatever, like I, I don't care. Uh, and so the idea of going to see this movie in IMAX, knowing all these things that I know about it, but yet still not knowing a single thing about the movie is really kind of enticing to me. Um, like it, it would have been like if, um, I'm drawing blank on the movie, uh, the Wachowskis movie with Tom Hanks.
0: Oh, um cloud atlas. Yes, Actually, it would have that's...
1: been like like I knew all this stuff about cloud atlas before I didn't see it in theaters because I was yeah. like eh, like it just doesn't look like my thing And then I heard so much about it from so many different people like all the these Ideas about it, but not really knowing what the movie was about Like but I I watched it on blu-ray when it came. I just I picked it up mm-hmm and i was like holy shit, this this was incredible like i i wish i'd gone to see this in theaters and like i feel like this is similar although i i know i i'm not gonna walk out of tenant going like holy shit, that was incredible i'm just gonna probably walk out <laughs> going like okay like I, I get the the arguments back and forth now mm-hmm. um But had I had a chance to see Cloud Atlas in in those circumstances, like certainly I I would have been stupid not to to go, Okay, well, I've heard enough about this competing like for and against. And I kind of want to see it on the big screen for myself rather than watch it at home for the first time. So, um, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see a preview for a sequel to a movie that I haven't seen the first part of.
0: <laughs> well, so. okay, so like in the in the realm of releasing movies in theaters, uh, they're releasing they're re releasing Doom Part One also. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. Um, so you could conceivably go see it on the big screen as it was designed. I don't know if I'm going to, yeah. just because it's like, oh man, like Tenant is something like genuinely like. Okay, so regardless of my my teasing about it, like. And it's like gobbledygook and you don't understand it unless you're in it. It fascinates me because it's the most...
1: It, it, it at least looks entertaining in a way. Like, I might not understand what's going on, but it looks pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like, Doom looked like... I don't know. It just didn't look that entertaining. I'm sure there are parts of it that are. But, like, I don't know if I'd have it in me to sit in the theater... For that long and watch that when i can watch it at home and watch it in 30 minute chunks you know what i mean
0: yeah no absolutely and that's the thing is that it's like i didn't see that in the theater and i'm not sure if i'm particularly inclined to see it in the theaters again like you know what i mean like i'll watch it again on like you know on my my big screen in 3d like as it was intended to be watched so that I can see it, like, you know, I can remember and catch up even though I don't probably need it. But I'll go see Doom, too. But it's not the... It's not the... Um, it's not the curiosity of seeing something like Tenant, which I didn't see at all, but I kind of... I, I guess it's just the inclination of liking... like, being intrigued by something. And... Not not necessarily sure if I like it or not, because I still don't know, like I'm still like I've seen it like maybe four times since it was released on four k, and it's weird because it's like I'll sit there and watch it, and I'll watch it all the way through because it kind of like entangles me because it's got this kind of James Bond flavor um and I like the leads, like I like John David Washington and everything he does in it, and I really like Robert Pattinson in it um and everything he's doing too. But it all adds up to, like, like if you, like, even if you ask me now what the plot is, I know it's like a doomsday movie, but, like, the the particulars of it and what happens, it's so fucking wildly weird and disjointed, but purposely, because that's what's happening, is that literally people are moving back in time, but it's, like, literally backwards, and, like, people are, like, It's like Uroboros. It's like it's the snake eating itself. But it's so intriguing because it's kind of giving you a, like, I feel like when I watch it, I'm getting an understanding of Christopher Nolan's mind and how it works and how complex it is. Because he can have two thoughts at the same time, one running in forward in time and one running backwards in time. And what interests him is when they meet. The, the backwards person person version of yourself and the forward version of yourself. And it's like, what, why the fuck are you even doing this? How did a, how did a company it's, give you $300 million to do this? I mean, he did, did it once
1: only without the big spectacle of it all. Uh, yeah. you know, In, uh, memento has memento. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it actually has that. Um, but without the time travel element and the, the big spectacle but uh but that yeah. one
0: works but that yeah. one works like yeah. i know what that movie is about
1: uh, you saying you've seen it that many times surprises me like i i was sitting here thinking like what nolan movies have i seen more than like twice and it's probably just the dark knight mm-hmm. memento possibly batman begins and that's it like uh, <laughs> well, everything else I've seen once except Tenet, and there's a couple of them I've maybe seen twice.
2: Uh, but
0: like, okay, so like the weird thing is is that I'm not a Nolan bro. Like I like I see the jauntiness in his in his stuff. Like like you know, like everything has very big inflection points that you can point out and pull apart, right? But what I find like why I keep on returning to his work is because he's such a he's such a meticulous craftsman and he builds these like rube goldman type movies even in his even in his Batman movies right he creates these rube goldman style plots that fascinate me how they're constructed and tenet was like the biggest one that was nonsense because it was like It would be like if a Rube Goldberg machine Rebuilt the dominoes As it was dropping other dominoes But it was also doing it upside down And it doesn't make sense Like it literally I sit here and I go This fucking movie is just It's not dumb It's just That's the thing that ultimately
1: Turned me off of uh, Nolan Outside of His Like adapted projects like his Mm -hmm. quote more original stuff Mm -hmm. it always seemed to be like like you said like rube goldberg-esque like machinations of like yeah watching these things fall and like there being this like one or two surprises that like you know kind of like uh Shyamalan-esque kind of things Where it's just like, ah, what a twist And and it's just like, okay, man Like, I To me, that's why, like uh, The Dark Knight works Like, there's some twisty Mm -hmm. stuff in the Dark Knight But it really is him kind of, like Sticking to the material, more or less Or or Mm -hmm. being faithful to it Um it's why oppenheimer works really really well uh i think it's why um uh the war movie i'm drawing a blank on it
0: um oh god uh dunkirk
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's why dunkirk i think works really really well i mean i'll probably never watch dunkirk again but like god, talk it, about it. It's anxiety it, um it, yeah but it, <laughs> it doesn't fall into like it's him. Like sticking to a narrative and not trying to come up with narrative tricks, which yeah. is just when I know it's like a, a, a Nolan original, I'm just like looking for those like but that but, little okay, trick. So- you know
0: but but he does but he does do it in in Dunkirk remember cuz it's the time he fucks with time in that movie because yeah. it's the pi- it's the pilots that have it's the pilot like the pilots are minutes the boats are hours and the men are days right like the ground guys are days their minute uh, their day like Their hours like the boats are hours and then the Planes are minutes and how he intermingles it is Fucking like it makes sense In the time and you don't really Realize it that it's happening But it's still the weird Like him like the machinations And fucking yeah, all around. yeah I,
1: I don't That's I feel like that's More of a like an editing Not a direct Narrative choice like it's not Okay affecting the plot of The movie like okay, it's it's okay. those things that like oh uh, oh uh, so uh he does something similar in um I'm blanking on all the names of these movies. Uh the Which Matthew one? McConaughey movie.
0: Oh yeah, the um um oh god Interstellar. Yeah.
1: Interstellar. He does something similar with time and in interstellar. Yes he does I don't Uh, have a Like my problems with Interstellar Don't have anything to do with that I think those are interesting ideas And interesting choices mm
2: -hmm. My
1: problems with Interstellar Is that the whole time Like the competing narratives I'm In my brain I'm like What is Like where's the The twist like, it's not the the editing choices and, and the, like, the way he depicts time in, in that that bother me. Mm-hmm. It's the way he ties the narratives together, like, actually inside the movie that I'm just like, whatever, man. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, it, and yes, it, it's sweet and emotional and, like, I get it. And, like, it, it's... But it... The whole time I was watching that movie I was like okay where's Where are these two things gonna tie together Whereas like the The time structure of it I find that Interesting Just like Dunkirk like that's interesting To me how you do that But you're not Actually trying To tie those narratives together
0: Despite The fact that they're taking place at different Times it, that that makes sense And like here's the here's the thing Is that um, Del Toro Kind of perfectly summed him up He's an emotional te- uh, mathematician Like if you really think about it Like the way that he enters himself Into a narrative Is so weird and clinical But some of his films When they connect are emotional Right like th- there's an emotionality To it you may not connect to it It may be distant but like, well, I think almost, Memento does that. I think it
1: is yes. the one, like Nolan original. Like, he, he is truly obsessed with time and how things fold in on each other and affect each yes. other. And, like, that is an absolute obsession he has. It is in all of his films, some way more present than the others. Like, I would say it's arguably uh. not that heavy handed in the Batman films. But almost no. everything else, like, it it has this idea of, like, how past, present, and future, like, can overlap in weird ways. Um, but, like, Memento, to me, is the most effective it's ever been. And no, I dare. I'm sure there are people that will disagree with it. But, um, you know, to me, it, like... The more I watched, it, I've probably seen that movie eight times. Mm-hmm. I, the more I watched it, the more, like, almost the less I under not not less I understood it, but like, it was just this idea of like how you convince yourself of things, you yes, know?
0: and it, how it, and you, it's
1: so how... interesting to me.
0: No, absolutely well, the final moment in that when he burns the when he burns like when he burns the uh Polaroid, and you yeah. know what he specifically he's doing because that's just human nature to take things out of a narrative that like ultimately allow you to have comfort because he's literally like it's a very weird kind of movie that at first the the movie that you see. It like the first time is not the movie you return to, and it's never the movie you return to, right? Like it, it's very similar to another movie that you love, which is Donnie Darko.
1: I was where just it's like, about to say <laughs> that, man. I was like Memento and Donnie Darko are two movies that every time I watch them, I it's not that I necessarily take away something new or learn something new. It's mm-hmm. that I I think about the narrative. Differently, and I, I think about like the narrative my, of my life differently, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I haven't yeah, no, watched absolutely. either in quite a while. Um, and now I really, really want to visit, revisit Memento. Um, because mm-hmm. holy shit, what like what a bunch of brilliant performances, man! Um, oh, yeah, but uh, uh Pierce,
0: I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah, Joey Pants, uh, Joey Pants showing up in, in early 2000s to do some yeah. really great work. I mean, yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. so, anyway, all that to say that um, I I actually texted Spencer, (laughs) um, Mm because, you know, he's he's pretty close to me, so, saying, hey, any interest in going to see the re-release of Tenet, assuming it plays uh, here in in the IMAX? Um, Yeah. I mean, he didn't text me back yet, but um, I might go regardless, but... uh, yeah, I'll, I'll report back if I do what my thoughts on that movie are. um I do want to. Uh, so, I I texted you a little bit about this, but Mike Judge has a new show on Peacock yes. called mm-hmm. In the Know. It is this weird hybrid animation live action thing, a la Space Ghost Coast to Coast, um, where the characters in the show are animated. But they're interviewing people who are like really there, you know. Um, yes. So it, it's about it. It's very it's about a guy who uh, hosts a show on NPR. Think like Ira Ira Glass or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this interview show where he asks like weird ask questions and. But, but the dude is, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't want to say this and sound. So uh, ultra liberal is the word that I kept going back to when I described the show to somebody else, but, okay. but it's, it's that like in the first episode, there are these two characters the the guy that hosts the show in the know and, uh, one of his like, uh, I think a producer or something. Anyway, there is an entire conversation throughout the the episode about what to call on how unhous- is it homeless unhoused person or a
0: house. Oh person who is
1: without housing <laughs> like it, it is this whole thing of like like he calls them uh he call he he helps out a homeless man. And mm-hmm. but he's like his producer says. Uh, so there's a homeless man in the bathroom, and he's like, "That's offensive." He's a person without no. He's a, a unhoused person. And this mm-hmm. the this woman who works on the show, she's like, "That is not the proper term." It is person who is without housing. And then like somebody comes on later and like has another term for it. And and it's like, he, it's so funny to watch. Like that kind of mindset Eat itself alive Um Where it's just like you're so worried about The terminology And offending somebody And also yeah. patting yourself on the back For helping and using the quote Proper terminology That it, it's like it It's asinine Like Really Just like Be better Like it, it I don't I don't think he cares if you call him a homeless man. I think more he just cares about like if he's going to get to eat or shower or or use the bathroom without somebody stealing all of this stuff or or you know and it's just like but all y'all can do is have a have this stupid argument about whether you can call him homeless, unhoused person who is without housing. Person who is experiencing homelessness, like it's just, it's this whole, it, it, it's so Asinine and it's it's something only Mike Judge can do. Um, yeah,
0: that's it's a total Mike Judge concept. Like like regardless of like whether you not you had told me it was Mike Judge, I probably would have guessed it within one or two people. Like like it's either. It's either not done well by Seth MacFarlane, sorry guys, or um it's done very well by somebody like Mike Judge.
2: Like those are the yeah. two
0: people that in, on this uh, earth that I can
1: think of that would the, actually the, do that. The always sunny guys are are pretty good at That's but true. they tend to go full on instead of like the, the like the tiptoeing liberalness, like ultra-liberal thing, they tend to tackle it with the like we're going to be as offensive as possible. Like they go the yes. opposite direction. Um, but
0: you, you would, but, um, but that's live action. If you had told me it was animated, there were only two people. That oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. would go that yeah. way. Um, there's, but if there's it was six live action,
1: episodes. Yeah. They dropped them all at once. It's really good. I burned through them really quickly. Um, it's a, it's an easy watch. It, it I think it would. I think it would definitely benefit on rewatch because there's all kinds of jokes. Um, yeah, like that, that, quick, fast jokes. Yeah, that. Okay. That just really, you like five minutes later, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's pretty funny. Um, I I hope it gets like some recognition. I don't I don't know that the animation style is like stop motion but like way okay. uh not as jerky as stop motion so I feel like it's got to be some kind of CGI stop motion hybrid thing. Uh, I'd be really really interested to see how they did it cuz it's very smooth. Like it doesn't have that like jerkiness that stop motion has. Um Okay. Actual stop motion Um, So anyway It's really really good The only other thing I watched was uh, Episode 2 of True Detective What I said to begin From episode 1 stands firm Like clearly clearly Drawing inspiration from John Carpenter and also a little bit from Christopher Nolan. Uh, we we talked uh, about a lot of Nolan stuff a few minutes ago. We didn't bring up Insomnia. I don't think it's his strongest movie. It's also a remake of a, a foreign film, um,
0: yes.
1: but it is solid and does do a good job of like the like presenting like that un, unrelenting. Daylight, you know, and this yeah. is the opposite of that. Where it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just nighttime. Like uh, there's no day. Like it, it's just night. That, that's what's night country. Like because they're in that part of the year in Alaska where the sun does not come
0: then, up. Yes. No. Absolutely. And uh, so. <laughs> the unrelenting darkness of uh, of Alaska has been fertile ground for other other projects across the yeah. Th- 30 the days <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah
1: no no vampires here yet but uh yeah it it does have that like how creepy must it be to just there's not going to be any sunlight i i don't know which would be worse to never have uh the sun go down or to never have the sun come up <laughs>
0: Well okay so like and, and the weird part is is that in Alaska um where they are they do get a little sunlight like it's it's like dawn and dusk are like their sunlight so like you yeah. get like you get like 90 minutes or 2 hours of some kind of like rising of the horizon but that's it like and it's not like it's not like like daylight like we know it it's literally it's literally like the how can I put it it's like dawn or dusk so like you know that that the twilight hour or the dawn light hour and it doesn't help at all like it's not like it's not like true sunlight but um, that's all to say it's a weird thing to live up there like 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 anybody living up in a place that like has that kind of sunlight right like um the swedes have it don't they is it swede is it Sweden or Greenland that that has that where it's midsummer and it's like like i think it's uh I, actually it's the netherlands um they have midsummer which is like you know one day of continuous sunlight um and then they get drunk and just host and yeah, that's... it's fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i am i'm i'm inter i'm really interested when you get caught up on on yeah. the show um i I think I, it. I think it's going to benefit you to have a chunk of episodes to watch. Um okay. There, there is some. Oh, it is. Oh my god! And, and there's some true direct ties to season one, like uh, it's it's crazy. That's,
0: that's what you were saying. Like that's what you were saying. And then I know that uh, our friend uh, or, or our fellow writer. From film dispenser Scott uh, uh, Scott Phillips, he was telling me that when he started it, he was like, "Yeah, there's some really heavy ties to part to part one uh, to season one um, in a very a very organic way." He was like, "It's not it's not cheap." He's like, no, it definitely, no. they thought about this for a long time." I think he was like, yeah. I, "I think that they really thought about it in like figuring out a way to tie it to the first season, which something is which." was something that did not happen in the in the next two seasons, right? Like, none of it was connected. Like, they were just separate stories. But this is like, got heavy ties, and he's, like, he's curious about how that's gonna work more than anything else. Is that, are they gonna connect it, or is it just gonna be, like, red herrings? Um, you know? Yeah. Are they just gonna be, like, not anything having to do with anything and not connected in any way, shape, or form? And they're just fun ties to keep people guessing week to week. Um, which... You know all like like everything that You've told me and everything that he's told me is Definitely this is definitely my jam And i'm gonna have to just uh find The space and time um work has gotten in the way this Week to actually catch up on that um But yeah no absolutely i'm i'm definitely Down for it and the more i hear from Both you and scott it makes Me want to watch it even more so I'm genuinely excited i Really am yeah um I i really really think you'll dig
1: It um I, I, yeah it it's going to be you're once you get to to the end of episode 1 you will mm-hmm. be happy that you have for now at least a yeah. couple more hours to go through like I I can't speak for episode 3 obviously cuz I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet even though apparently there are people who who were given all six episodes um Oh really So yeah uh do they not Devendra have that much faith in it? Uh, oh, really? I don't I think they were just worried that people were gonna like it was gonna get lost you know Ah,
0: uh, Okay that makes sense that
1: and makes sense. so like I uh the vendor on the film cast he he talked very briefly he's Like I've seen the entire series and it's fucking phenomenal so I, I think you will be happy that you Are not that you get to burn through three episodes even if it's you don't watch them all at once um, oh. Like by that time you get caught up, next week you'll be like, I'm going into the fourth episode, and I've only got a couple more episodes. Like it's only two weeks that I have to wait week to oh, week. Wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, you know, I I wish I had waited. I'm glad I didn't. But like I, I would have, I would have sat and watched the show for six hours. Like I would not have been able to stop. So
0: yeah. No. Absolutely.
1: Um, um, so I'm gonna get into more. some uh, Oscar talk
0: Yeah, why don't we Fuck it um, So uh, Why don't we just approach it like this Like, let's just hit let, Let's hit the big Like, let, Let's hit the big, like, key mist Which is, like, which everybody Was saying, like, you know How could this happen? How could you give, like, it's weird Because, like, nothing is given, right? But Justine no. creates Who directed anatomy of a fall the weird like i think i told you i think i told you i saw this movie it's a fucking weird frenchy like courtroom yeah. drama and it just threw me like i actually had a conversation with uh marie like i actually talked to marie via zoom we had a zoom conversation um and we had talked about this movie uh she loves it she like she she would have put it in her top 10 if she had seen it sooner I was like, it threw me so much because the courtroom shit is so weird. Cause like in their court, there's literally moments where they go, Yeah, I don't like this person. Like, like, like anybody in the like on the team can raise their hand and say, Yeah, this guy's trash, and I think he's a fucking liar. Like, and not get held in contempt of court. And they can say, Yeah, whatever he's saying is a lie. We don't believe him. And then they they can just kind of keep on countering it's a man. So Her like her like I hate the verbiage of it, but her spot is nominated was supposed to be for Greta, right? But yeah, I mean I
1: haven't seen that movie. I'm probably not going to watch that movie.
0: Yeah, but
1: like Barbie has so many nominations that for Greta not to get one feels definitely like a slight. Yep, and. I think also for Margot Robbie not to get something feels well, like it's like, I, I like exactly. America for her. I do. I think she's yeah. fine in the movie. I don't think her performance is better than Margot Robbie's.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So they gave her, they gave her the nominate. Like, okay, this is t- okay. So like, let's go ahead and back up and talk about the Academy body, uh, which is something that I've been talking a lot about to people when they when they complain because it's like you got you have it you probably have it too because you know we we run a podcast i run a website you write for a website a website and they think that we inhabit this space of film right so like we can give them answers and the answer that i've been giving people where they're like what the fuck didn't do you know that like they're really mad and i'm like okay so you have to understand the voting body for the academy awards 95 or 85% of them are over the age of 60, white males that are super rich and have been rich for a very fucking long time. So when you get old white dudes, what the fuck do you think is gonna happen? They're going, like, if you look at this, they're gonna look at it and go, well, you know, the the America girl, she did the speech, so maybe we give her, I'm sorry, I'm giving a stupid accent, but I mean, it's literally like, White men gonna do what white men gonna do. That's why Ryan Gosling got nominated because they loved him as Ken. I mean, literally, Barbie the movie is I mean, laid out too. on the Academy Awards. Well, I, I,
1: I, I, so I will say this: if this were flipped, mm-hmm. I would feel equally as pissy about the fact that Ryan Gosling didn't get a nomination and Margo Roby did. Yeah. Now, it, it feels less like a slight in that situation, and more like an oversight. Yes, where this feels like a slight. <laughs> this
0: really does feel like both of them feel like a slight because when you go to when you go a- adapted, um, you go to adapted screenplay. Also, the adapted
1: screenplay thing is
0: bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, but the thing is, is that. That this is okay. So, like, both of its nominations, where people are like, like, we're not like, where Oscar conge- like Oscar, like I fucking hate this word, Oscar, um like Oscar writers are write, right, awards beat writers, and I fucking hate that. That's there should not be a job where your old entire job is just to take a look at, at what's going to be an Oscar. I don't give a fuck. You know what? You shouldn't really have that. Like, anyways, uh, the infrastructure of of broadcast journalism. I mean, we haven't even talked about, like, all of the layoffs that happened for fucking writers, which is wild, too. But anyways, but, like, Barbie, there are two big nominations, Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay. Like, Margot Robbie has that, and that's what, like, Oscar contentions or, or Oscar writers are talking about. And so does, like, you know, Greta has... Like the best adapted screenplay, but the thing that, that that's the commonality that just shows how shitty, shitty, shitty the Academy of B- body is, and all these old fuckers, and I'm gonna call them old fuckers because they are, um, they're like out of touch. Is that they both have men that are guiding things also? Yeah. Like it almost feels like, oh well, you know.
1: Well, when uh, you when it's so
0: the my mom
1: was asking me about this. She was yeah. like, but. Isn't it the producers I'm like yeah so if you win best picture Basically it's like The pro- the producers Are, are the, the 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 people that are recognized In that situation mm-hmm. And so yes If it wins best picture which it's not going to
0: um,
1: no. You know They the Greta Gerwig would be But like that's the thing is There I'm what you're saying is there are also dudes like the script was co-written by a man like yeah by her husband right
0: by her husband who's already been nominated and has fucking won that award so you know what academy fuck you like seriously fuck you like that is like the biggest piece of shit like Oh, you know what? But men are involved in this. Like, you know, well, yeah. Glenda hasn't. Like, and the, the production like,
1: team, same thing. Like, there are yeah. men on the production team. And it's just like they could not single out uh, a. The only female they could think to single out was the co star of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Who has the a supporting big role. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: A- and well, who's, yeah. again, I like her. I'm not. But she's not better in the movie than Margot Robbie is. Like I, no. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with everybody, and like that's the big like head scratching Oscar thing. Um, but it, like so that aside, um, let, let's hit the 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 nominees. I'm on the website, so I'm just gonna go down yeah. the, like actor in a leading role. Bradley Cooper in uh, Maestro, Coleman mm-hmm. Domingo in uh, Rustin Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. That is a solid group.
0: That really is. Like, um, I'm happy for Coleman Domingo because, like, that he's motherfucker one of my...
1: carried Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, fucking carried that show and here he is nominated for actor in a leading role oscar like yes and uh, you know he you know he is the front runner on like hey if we're going to recast kang
2: maybe we can get this guy and yeah i say yeah like i yeah. love
1: like i love this dude he is such an incredible actor I don't think he has a shot in hell in winning this award, but he is an absolutely incredible actor, and I like. I am so fucking happy for him. Also, oh, no, absolutely, Jeff, yeah. Jeffrey Wright. But we all know Jeffrey Wright's incredible. So, yeah,
2: the question like, is,
1: which white dude is going to win this Oscar? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. No. 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 Um, it's gonna be, we, we already know, it, it's probably gonna be Chilling and Murphy. Just the number of nominations for Oppenheimer, it's like, and like, guys, let me say this very clearly. Like, I'm not against the Oscars giving everything to Chris Nolan in his little movie, but at the same time, is it the best picture of the year in my view? No. So no. I'm gonna have a little bit, I'm gonna have a little bit of sass in this so don't mistake my my sass with the understanding that certain people um certain people are more deserving of the oscar than what politically is going to happen because like right now like yeah giamatti should actually win it like let's be honest here like i've seen murphy's performance i've seen giamatti and like what giamatti Like, they're two different styles of acting, right? Like, Cillian Murphy is, like, deep into the, I starved myself, I visually look like him, I took, act like, I took, like, dialect coach acting shit, like, it's like the methodology of method. Yeah. Whereas Giamatti is just, like, I'm building a character from the inside out because I can't, I'm not the dude that loses 150 pounds. I am who I am. But I can do shit and I can inhabit a character and give you this whole character, like this whole human experience and not just a window into. I hate to use the word mimicry because like it's it, it's not what Chillion Murphy does, but at its basis, like to get across my point, it's like. It's performative art as opposed or like it, it's like performance art as opposed to. A visual art, right? Yeah. Like because what Murphy is doing is very vi audio visual. It's it's very much of the Nolan package, right? Because Nolan deals in visuals and sound, regardless of what people like to say. His performance stuff, it's all visual. Like if think yeah. about it, like think about like Robert Downey Jr. as um, and we'll get to that, but think about his performance. His performance is so visual, it's so dependent on the striking black and white in his hair and the way that he, the way that he uses, like the way that like Nolan uses him as a pawn yeah. in the story. It's never like, Giamatti. he's a, he's a
1: good actor, but like, yes, it, it is like <laughs> with a Nolan movie, the visuals are doing a lot of the work. Um, and with Giamatti, it's like he is, like, actually building a character. Like, he's yes. doing the work, not, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think there's a chance that somehow the vote winds up, like, split and Bradley Cooper wins this fucking award, um, which oh is just going to piss me that off.
0: That would so be fucking wild or, or, or like Coleman Domingo just some out
1: of I nowhere mean, dude I, if that happens i i i will be happy i would be so <laughs> happy i just like i i love this guy so much like it, so much so that like if some shit came out like like oh it turns out he's actually a real piece of shit like yeah it it would be absolutely heartbreaking for me because i genuinely really like enjoy this guy not just his performances but like every every time i see an interview with him or mm-hmm. hear about like i'm like he just seems like a really good dude and no, so like i'm so happy for him um all right so supporting performances for uh actor in supporting role so, of course, Ryan Gosling, we've already talked about. Downey, we've already talked about. De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. And I, I'm gonna just sound like a broken record. I fucking love Sterling K. Brown, and I'm so yes. happy for this dude. Like, <laughs> he has been killing it in everything... For as yeah. long as I can remember And I'm happy that he's Gotten this kind of recognition If you If you can't get your hands on American fiction I haven't seen it But and you're like uh Sterling K. Brown I know he's in that like Tearjerker show that everybody loved Right um, yeah. But this is if us. You wanna, Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see this dude Fucking like just put on a show. There is an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine.
2: Yes, yes. It's a
1: three-hander, and it's yep. just Sterling K. Brown. Uh, uh. Fuck. What's his uh, What's his name? That just passed Andre away. Brouwer. Andre Brower. Andre Brower. <laughs> and, and, and and Andy Samberg. And
0: Andy Samberg. Yeah. And, but he's the little hand. He's the little. Yeah. Hand.
1: And he is just a little hand <laughs> it is fucking incredible it yeah. is like such a chilling like performance like he goes from like being it it's an acting like smorgasbord like he gets to do mm-hmm. everything in 20 yeah. minutes like just all of it And it's so incredible to watch. And like, again, if somehow all of these white dudes split the vote and it just winds up meaning he gets the award, I'll be so fucking happy. But also I loved Ryan Gosling and Barbie. Like I really, really did. And if Mm -hmm. he wins, of course I will not be upset, but I also think it's down easier. I think it's, it's yeah, it's hard be... to argue with
0: that. Yeah, because it's it's his like it's not like to me it's not this whole like it's weird because it's like there there are career awards and then there are career awards, right? And this is definitely like supporting actor and supporting actress happen to be those consolation prizes. It's very weird how that works, yeah. right? Like Joe Pesci did not win for Goodfellas, even though his Goodfellas performance is amazing. He won from that point because he had been like people forget that Joe Pesci was like was like 45 when he won that award. Um he was as old as De Niro was because he had been working that fucking long. And if you look at like his career doesn't begin, like I I love that Xennials or even mo- elder millennials like look at that that look at Joe Pesci and like think that the, his career started in in 1990 with the one-two combo of Goodfellas and Home Alone, right? It's not the case. He'd been working for 25 years or 20 years before then, right? I mean, he was in fucking Rodney Dangerfield films. He was playing Rodney Dangerfield's brother. Like, so, like, that whole thing of, like, the supporting actor is usually for a career, right? And Downey is the, okay, so, like, Ruffalo, he's not old enough yet, even though he's in his, he, he's, like, our age, he's in his mid to late 40s, right? Or, no, actually, he just turned 50 um Sterling K Brown it's his first time at the dance and then Ryan Gosling I mean as much as we all love him it's his first nomination right it's the whole Brad Pitt thing like yeah. of like this isn't this is not your second or third nomination but it's your first one so we're going to we you're going to pass it by it's not till your third one that you're going to get something so it's Downey's year because Downey has I mean, we've seen, he's been to the dance But this is also, like, his third career shift, right? Yeah Like, it's the whole thing of, like, they like to award somebody Not just for the performance, but for their entirety of their career And this is what, this is what it is This is, like I will say, at least in this case This,
1: in in most cases, it usually is But in this case, Mm -hmm. it really is an excellent performance it it certainly is like like it hits all the qualifications to win this award and isn't just like a, a like a like a gimme kind of thing um mm-hmm. it, it is what happens uh exactly like you said but sometimes you see it happen and it's just like what the fuck like you know for this he wins for this um you know it, it it's at least a really, really good performance. And so like him winning isn't gonna be like
0: that upsetting to me, you know. No, absolutely not. Like like every like though if anybody else like if Sterling K. Brown wins or Gosling wins, it'll be a it'll be a happy surprise, yeah. right? Yeah. But I honestly do not think that that's gonna happen at me, all. Me um you know
1: all right. um so, so, actress in a leading role. Here's where I'm like... Uh, okay. Um, okay. I can't believe... The, the only... So, it's Annette Benning and Nyad. Willie yeah. Gladstone, Kill- Killers of the Flower Kill- Moon. Sandra Hiller yeah. for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Emma Stone for Poor Things. I, I haven't seen any of these movies. I, I would... I don't know Sandra Huller, Huller, however you say it. I don't, I don't know her. Uh, I only know Lily Gladstone from like the press for killers of the flower moon. And mm-hmm. also, yes, she's the first native American actress, uh, nominated for, uh, an Oscar. Like I, I that's outstanding. And for everything I've heard, she's phenomenal in the movie. If she wins fucking great. I don't understand Like who the fuck is
0: talking about Nyad No one except for Netflix and their constant Barrage but also again Like old white It's a
1: movie I didn't even know anything about Until like two or Three
0: weeks ago Well bro I, I Saw it back in early December and I was Like meh I mean the okay this is a movie that should have absolutely and is a documentary that is so much better than the than the Netflix movie that they make. Now, I will give you this like and we're going to be talking about it again in a few seconds because of supporting yeah. actress. I feel like Netflix knew if they could get it in front of the Academy body that they would get a couple of noms because it's about an LBGTQ couple. It's about. It's about. Like a sports thing, which is such their fucking bullshit. Like I'm genuinely surprised the Clooney movie didn't get nominated out of nowhere, <laughs> <Yeah>. because so <laughs> many, Like it's weird, like, but so it's many about white the people Holocaust are... and sports and yeah, yeah. and white and white dudes, poor white yeah. dudes doing amazing things, <laughs> okay. like fucking. Come on, but anywho, I mean Clooney. Come I'm on, also based on a book,
1: home. like true yes. story, and yeah, it's, it feels like such an Oscar kind of thing. Uh yeah. it, it probably goes to show you like how not great that movie is that <laughs> that it that nobody but, but I I didn't think anybody's talking about Nyad. Like so it's what's no. her name's Diane Nyad, right? Yes. And, <laughs> yes. And, like she was she was a swimmer. And, and, and she and, swam
0: across the English Channel. Like but it took her multiple tries. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean I uh I know that there's some controversy there. Yes,
0: I don't want to dive is. into it. No. Uh, but but it's like
1: Does n- the movie many...
0: broach any of that?
1: No. Or does really. it just present that yeah, that's what I thought. That it's just yeah, like it... here's the story as like they said it happened.
2: And, exactly.
1: like that despite that there are some conflicting things and some controversy and like, it, it, yeah, I, I, I'm.
0: But that's also the reason why you watch the doc, because the doc goes into it. Right. There's a there's a there's an amazing documentary about this whole thing, about what she did, but also about the like at the end, like it becomes a 30 minute section of the movie. That's how complex and how back and forth this becomes. And that's actually the real kind of meat and potatoes of the thing. And so when it doesn't happen, it becomes basically essentially an Oscar-bait movie. Like, it really does. It becomes Chariots of Fire, which, I mean, yeah. But anywho, I, like, okay, so, like, all of these actresses are deserving. It's not going to get it, though, right? No, she really, she kind of is the... It's weird because Mulligan is like I've heard, of, with I've
1: heard she's phenomenal in the movie, but I just feel she, like, yeah. hey, she's kind of done this dance before and they're not going to give it to her.
0: No, she's going to be the one that when she hits 50 or 55, they're going to give it to her. Um, just like so, so Annette Benning's Bening. going to win this award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's actually she, that's a very good comp for who Carrie Mulligan has become very quickly in her late 30s. Um, is Annette Benning like you know circa in the 90s and the 2000s where she could do no wrong and even if she did something like the american president she was getting nominated for best supporting actress like that's how good carrie mulligan is and is in maestro i mean i would actually say i think i even said this on the podcast is that mulligan is the goat in cooper's movie and cooper knows it and he's smart enough to let her shine in the way that she shines in the movie um because he knows that he has like the bravado moments, like he has like this seven-minute scene where it's a single take of him conducting because he spent ten years or six years learning how to conduct. Like it's it's like that's what he got nominated for, right? But Carrie Mulligan got nominated for for carrying that fucking movie for two hours until that moment. Like yeah. I, like I, like I'm like like and when she leaves the movie, it suffers greatly. Like it, there's a it's not. It, it's a dip in quality that you can tell, but you don't want to say anything because Cooper – it's weird because, like, I have this very weird back and forth with Cooper in his in his life, like, in his career. Um, I'm one of those few people that did not think uh, A Star is Born was the amazing masterpiece fucking, like, let's bow and give him everything that people think it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some of our friends have actually uh, – you know who it, I'm talking about. It's not Spencer or somebody else. But you know who I'm talking about who fucking could not stop talking about that goddamn movie. And I'm like, okay, guys, here's the big thing. I didn't see it. That- like, I, I didn't
1: oh. care. Like, I, I was just like, uh, this feels like... I I'm I, gonna catch I, do like movie. Bradley Cooper, but, like, mm-hmm. his shit kind of feels like... I like, I don't know. It feels very... Uh, I don't... I don't want to. I don't know how to make it like quote passion projecty. Like, but yes. everything can't be a passion project, dude. Like, at some point, you're no. just like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna do everything." You know, mm-hmm. and he maybe as he gets older and he cannot be the leading man in things, he he might turn into a Eastwood esque director. Although Eastwood certainly lost his touch after a while and became hit and miss. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm like Affleck was kind of the same way. It's like kind of not interested in watching you direct yourself, dude. Like I'm just, yeah. Not. So really it is despite <laughs> how, how enjoyable some of that stuff is. I just yeah. like at some point I'm like, okay, like that's great, man. That's great that you can do it all. Like, but I, I've no, it's, it just doesn't get me going, you know. Um, I, I, I would, I, this is a, a category like I honestly happy for anybody who wins. Um, but I feel like it's either gonna be like, and I, I hate to sound, not that she doesn't deserve it. I'm sure she's great in the movie. I feel like the way the Oscar stuff goes, though, it'll be like, oh, we got to give it to Annette Bening because she is. She's Annette Bening and she's done this so many times. Or we have to give it to Lily Gladstone because, hey, we're going to look like a bunch of racist assholes if we don't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, so who I think is going to win and who I want to win are two separate people. Um, I think I've think i heard Emma Stone is, gonna... is phenomenal. Um, I have, too, but she's already won a Best Actress. not Like, yeah. I know they like to give it to people like I know like it's weird because they like to give those awards in duplicate to actresses for some reason. And I feel like Emma Stone might be on par with Jen Lawrence in getting another one, which is totally unnecessary. But okay, I don't think that she's going to win. I like I'm rooting for Lily Gladstone because when you watch that performance, she literally is Like, how do you act circles but not feel like you're acting circles around both Leo and De Niro? And that's the bigger thing. The and is the bigger thing where De Niro is like on fire in this movie. But Lily Gladstone is so good that you can tell that De Niro knows that for the betterment of the film – He's deferential to her, but in a weird way that it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, well, it's her movie and I'm going to do this. Or Scorsese is like, oh, no, Bob, I'm going to back you out. It's literally like everybody is watching this performance and it grows and grows and grows to a point in the movie where they've given her a lot to do in the movie, but it never feels like a lot. And she's still – She's still acting circles around both these dudes, and so it's like this weird thing where it's like she is the like she really is the central lead in the movie, even though Scorsese does his Scorsese ness. Like it very much feels like Casino in the movie. Like you know how like Sharon Stone is ultimately the like weird broken heart of that movie, and and Pesci and Pesci and De Niro circle her, even though it's like. De Niro is kind of telling the story. It's kind of the same way, where Lily Gladstone is the broken heart of the movie, but she outshines. Like, Sharon Stone is a star. Where Lily Gladstone is an fucking actor with a capital A. Like Sharon Stone would love to be Lily Gladstone. Like that's the way that I I, I like after the movie and you watch the movie and like at least that's the way that I've interpreted it. Yeah, I feel like if they. Like, I feel like this is going to be one of those things where, okay, so now who actually wins? I feel like Sandra Huller is going to win. Why? Because everybody's everybody's vote is going to be split. Yeah. And then everybody's going to be pissed that this, this French-German actress fucking won this award and why the fuck did she win it?
1: <laughs> Which, if anybody and, has seen the And movie, Margot it, Ruby didn't get a nomination.
0: Nomination, <laughs> exactly. Like, but when you watch the movie, like, and I have to rewatch it. I'm probably going to rewatch it with my wife. I, I think that maybe she might want to go. Like we'll start seeing the Oscar movies. Um, I think she'll want to see this one. Um, it's actually kind of easy to watch. Cause. It, okay. So like the weird part about anatomy with the fall, cause we should actually get into it since we've talked about, we, we've talked about this movie kind of like with best director and best, like, you know, all the controversy. Um, this movie is both in like French, German, and English. And at any moment, an actor could be talking in those languages. It's very a weird it's a very weird vibey movie, right? Where you just have to go along with it because it's very like from what i understand it's very in the culture of France and it's a it's a thriller set in the culture of France and so like it would be like an american movie being very steeped in american culture and it goes outside And nobody understands it because it's about American culture. And it's kind of very similar. And it's also about the French court systems, which I read something. I tried to like kind of read stuff about it and it got me so fucking confused, dude. Like, they're like, if somebody wants to like, I feel like if you like, so in this movie, she is like, like she is both her own lawyer, her own counsel, and she's defending herself, but it's okay in the French court systems, but also. It's like she is the killer or she could be the killer of her husband and it's just – it's fucking wild, right? But in the center of it, her performance is actually pretty fucking awesome because you can never – like I always find it a weird trick when a foreign film – performance gets nominated because a lot of the times people don't know how to read subtitles at the same time so they're constantly looking up and down up and down up and down they don't have they, they don't have the flash ability of reading something yeah. and also watching the emotion I told but Spencer this... that one time uh,
1: cuz I, mm-hmm. I, I I we were talking about subtitle movies and I was like mm-hmm. yeah I find it really really difficult and he was like why I'm like because I can't judge the acting like I it, it's literally just like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if they're good Because I don't understand the language Like I'm just reading dialogue Like, I, you know, the quiet mm-hmm. performances Like I, I can, I can tell, you know But I spent, if it's really, really talkative foreign film I spent so much time reading the dialogue I can't really concentrate on the performances and I mean, not trying to sound like an asshole, but like I I don't have time to watch a movie so much that I can get to a point where I ignore the the dialogue and I can look at the performances. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. And and that is like, you're not being an asshole about it. That's like a, that's a very 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 practical Pragmatic thing that people do not talk About it's like When do you like okay so like this movie is Two and a half hours like I I think it's Like 222 right like and, and there's a
1: cultural difference too like it, Yes you know I I would Not think that uh, So if, if you If you take a movie like Let's say precious um yeah. and Showed it to um a chinese audience i don't know that like if if they were watching the movie and were laughing at something and it was extremely inappropriate and i was like that's that's not funny like it there would be like you know that cultural difference of like well they don't really understand like this the specifics of this kind of thing And, and i mean and honestly like there's a cultural difference there for me as well. I'm not an yeah. overweight teenage uh, black female, but like, that's been,
0: that's been sexually abused right. all fucking like, um, like, like, yeah, there's, there's a big, yes. I, but
1: understand. I, I know enough like to appreciate the, the story it's trying to tell. Whereas yeah. like there are Japanese films or Korean films or where I watch and I'm just like, I'm sure this means something but I I don't know enough about any of this stuff to so yeah like I'm I'm with you on like it becomes this weird thing when it, they get nominated of like is is this a is this a real nomination or is this like a confused like well, we don't really understand it but uh we think it's great <laughs>
0: you know yeah like it's too intelligent for them right like yeah. it's french it, like like it, okay so like it's weird because it's like it like it count it, it check boxes a lot of things right it's french it's a courtroom thriller it's a kind of like abused wife or abuse abusive relationship film um it's kind of got this weird sexual psychosexual component to it so like it check marks things and it's french like, that's what I keep on thinking about. Yeah. Like, they just fucking nominated it because it was French. I'm like, it's a French and it's a very vibey film where. So like, OK, so like the thing that I think I, I've not said about it is. It's entertaining, like the movie itself, because of how wild that it is, even though I didn't understand it, it was entertaining. But at the end of the day, when I when I watched it and I saw it and I like at the end of it, what it, it does what it does. I went, you know what? okay it's a good it, it it's a it's a good performance uh like she's great in it um it's fun but you know what like i was lost like part of the reason why i didn't care for it was because i was lost in i was lost in the weeds yeah. like because at the end of the day i'm like okay how did this ha- how did this turn out the way that it did because i have no understanding of the french court system and when you watch it that's the thing that for me that had a uh, hair so far up my ass it was coming out My head that I couldn't Understand how it worked because it's like yeah, It would I'm be like to...
1: Showing uh, people in France A few good men and <laughs> be like what Exactly
0: <laughs> yeah. They were like what do you mean they can't handle the truth I want the truth <laughs> Why are they uh, doing this uh, So ultimately Like I feel like she's probably gonna win Because they're like oh she's French And she's in yeah. that movie I didn't see it So let's fucking nominate. Let's like you know while everybody else is like nominating everybody else that they're doing, then there's gonna be it's gonna be a close race. And so like anybody who wins, it'll be not shocking. But um, yeah, it's I like so yeah. uh, Supporting
1: actress, supporting actress, Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, Color Purple, the only uh, big nomination, I think. For the well, for that. certainly the only yeah. acting nomination for Color Purple. Uh, mm-hmm. America Ferrara, uh, Barbie Jody Foster, Nayad uh, Divine Joy Randolph, and The Holdovers. Uh, we talked a lot about The Holdovers last week. We both, yeah, are, are very opinionated about how good all the performances in that movie are. Um, I, I, this is another one where like I don't. I'm not going to be upset no matter who wins it. I really like Emily Blunt, and I think she's perfectly fine in Oppenheimer. I yeah. don't think there's anything brilliant about her performance there, but it maybe it's just me, and it's, I'm, it's a very mostly subtle performance, so maybe I, I just need to see it again. Uh, I... I I didn't see color purple. I don't plan to see it. I've seen the the musical mm-hmm. like on the stage. It's great. Uh, uh, you know, Jodie Foster. is a phenomenal, phenomenal actress. There's a chance she takes it just because she's Jodie Foster. Um, but I mean, if, if for my money, uh, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, like. Yeah, that's that's a great supporting performance.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like that's the person that needs to win. Like, I know it sounds weird, but that's the person that's the person that deserves to win out of these these five people. Um, It's the best performance. Um, I mean, like, I feel like there's a there's a like, I actually feel like there is (laughs) a there's an argument to be made that she's not supporting actress, but she's actress. She's lead actress. Like I, I really... feel
1: like similarly Gosling, you could yeah, make be- that argument.
0: Oh, absolutely for Best Actor. Oh yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. But like, absolutely. Like he, like if you nominated him, why did you nominate him in supporting? Because like, literally, he is especially he is the because antagonist. she didn't get
1: a nomination. If she gets a nomination, like I can see pushing him to supporting. Hmm. I, I it's anyway, I don't I don't wanna keep going to the Barbie thing. No, no, no. But like yeah. I'm with you. It it there is an argument where like she is the female lead of the movie and so that's lead actress. Although I I guess the the idea behind it is the movie is not her story. Her story is very like just a side thing in the movie, so it's a supporting performance, much like Ken's story is I, a arguably a yeah. side part of the movie, although I feel like it gets about close to fifty percent of the the yes. last like, back and forth is is this Barbie's movie or Ken's movie, but maybe that's just me um but uh but yeah i she's so good I, they they do like to give like first timer supporting role. A sub- Actress in a supporting role Like first timer Like awards So there's a mm-hmm. chance that she does win this
0: Yeah I- I- I'm rooting for her She's won everything But that doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to win the Oscar Because right. recently over the last few years It's very much so been Like Just because somebody wins Like all of the other awards leading up to the Oscars doesn't mean that they're going to yep. win the Oscars. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's all to say like it's you know, like you know it's anybody's game, but like you know I feel like she has the best she has the best foot forward on this one. Yeah, uh, unless unless the Oppenheimer sweep is real and Emily Blunt gets it, which is a very real. Fucking thing like that's a very real Thing like like it's like If we start seeing it early it could very well Do all of that
1: again I I think Emily Blunt is a great Actress and her performance Mm -hmm. in that Movie is fine but the female Performance that stood out in that movie To me is not hers But again Maybe it's just because I need to watch It again and look Just focus on her performance Um Mm -hmm. right, so animated feature uh, the Boy and the Heron Elemental Mimona, Robot Dreams A movie I've never heard of uh, Across the Spider-Verse um, I, I, this, It's across the Spider-Verse's category To lose I don't know yep. I, Like I enjoyed Elemental I do not know what the fuck it is doing Nominated for an Oscar Um
0: <laughs> yeah, because like to be It's like they honest... ran
1: out of stuff To nominate They're like, well, wasn't there a Pixar movie? <laughs> like, okay, yeah,
2: so there were
0: like so that... many Other animated movies this year Exactly, and better Like, Elemental, no Ninja Turtles, yes Like, yes. Mutant Mayhem, yeah. I am yes. very 100%.
1: disappointed 100% 100% Mutant Mayhem over Elemental um, yeah. I really need to see Nimona, I read the book Loved the fucking book the graphic novel um mm-hmm. and i i this was a movie that was not going to get made like it was like 70 yeah. 80% done and was just dropped after the the fox uh disney merger thing and uh, uh, Netflix picked it up and uh, paid for them to finish the movie. And like, I, it's been on my, like, I want to watch this list forever. And I still have not got around to it. But if, if it's even 70% of what the graphic novel is, it, it's gotta be fucking phenomenal.
0: No, absolutely. Um, I have not seen it, but um, a lot of people that I know have seen it. And, have told me that I need to see it, and it's on my list. So, and I have Robot Dreams. Like I have a screener of it, and I've been meaning to watch to watch it. Um, I mean, uh, ro- Robot
1: Dreams sounds like a. It, it's saying there's this <laughs> animated movie called Robot Dreams, It's immediately just like, oh, I'm in. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go like look at look at a trailer, and then you know maybe track it down when it becomes easily accessible. I don't, you know. Um, I, I was just I was like, I've
2: never
0: heard of this movie. <laughs> so it just got released in theaters. Um it was a it's a neon film. So they held on to it for a while, uh, because it 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 did very well in, in um at Cannes. So basically it's a movie set in in the eighties. It's an alt world. Um and how dogs make robots to be companions like humans made dogs companions, and it's about um, one day, a robot, um, uh, like they like there's a robot and a dog that assembles him, and the dog, uh, the dog has to leave, uh, his companion at Coney Island because the robot's metal parts rust, and then, and then that's the beginning of the movie, and then it starts. It, it's the journey of the. The, the robot after he's comes back to life and in search for his dog counterpart. Okay. So it's a, it, the, but the thing is, is that the weird thing is, is that there's no dialogue. It's all told. So you don't have to worry about it being a French production because it was a French production. It, it's all done through. Panther so Mind. similar to,
1: uh, what was that movie? Oh, it's probably 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, Jurassic
0: um, Paul. It's, it's basically Jurassic park or Puck or whatever it was Jurassic park. Like, you know, like, like, like the, 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 the Futurama episode, like it's kind of similar to that, but not, Um, I was trying to,
1: there was a French animated, I think it was French animated film like 10 or 15 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. that, uh, was nominated and I'm, I cannot think of the freaking name of it to save my life. Um, and I wanna say there was like no dialogue. Um,
0: Are you talking about uh like is was it an anim- it was an animated movie? Because yeah, I know animated. there's that live action The Artist, which was a silent film no, about no. the silent film. It was, an, oh, okay, it was cool. an
1: animated movie. Huh. Um, I'll, just, I'll, just I'll, I'll have to look it up. So uh okay. cinematography, there's nothing we haven't talked about except El Conde. Uh, which I know nothing about. Everything else we've already talked about. I really think yeah. there's no way Oppenheimer doesn't take this. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, Hoyt, Dion, um, Hoyt Van. God, I can't even think of his. I can't pronounce his name for the life of me. But yeah, it's his. It's his to lose. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, it, it's an amazing. Um, it's it's an amazing piece of work that that they did, and when you watch the behind the scenes and. So you know okay so like here's a funny thing is that um the director of photography of Oppenheimer is um was also was is also um uh Jordan Peele cinematographer no, for Nope right okay. and so like it, in Nope Michael Wincott plays Hoyt van uh oh, god damn it. I I'm trying to look for his name uh uh Hoyt van Hotema who is the cinematographer. He actually dresses like him and he, like, plays a cinematographer. So, like, he's literally playing the role that Hoit van Hoitman is. Like, and he's playing a play on him which everybody says he's kind of, like, like, the comp is like, he was, he is basically, um, um, what's his name? The Dutchman, the crazy Dutchman. Um, diehard, um, speed director of speed um oh yeah uh young the young he's like literally young the bot 2.0 because there's nothing he can't do with a camera but he's 2.0 because there's nothing he can't do with an imax camera and if okay. you watch the behind the scenes stuff on oppenheimer you see this dude literally like you know, yeah, I mean, have to I've seen bits summers. and
1: pieces of yeah. things, and I'm just like, yeah, it's crazy, man. does not the camera weigh like a fucking ton, <laughs> like eighty pounds? <laughs> they say like it's they nuts. They,
0: yeah. Um. So so like like him and everything that he did in this in this film, and it's all practical. Like it just, we know it's gonna be him. Like yeah. Robert Richard. Like everybody else. Like there's great cinematography, but I feel like. Everybody knows the story about this at IMAX and it's the simplest narrative, right? Like like and it's gonna be one of those things where like it's like editing. Yeah. We already know Oppenheimer is gonna win editing,
1: yeah, right? I, I, Cost- I assume it's gonna win most of the technical tech awards. Yes. Like uh editing, uh probably sound does which of course a lot of those aren't included in the regular uh uh Yeah, the
0: The regular Oscars anymore? Yeah. Uh, Like the 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 Oscar broadcast, I should say. Yeah. Um. So, but okay. I mean, yeah.
1: So costume design. I. I, So this year, like weirdly enough, this is one of the categories where I'm like, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's generally one I don't give a shit about. Uh, Yeah. But Barbie. Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, as far as I I think it's the only nomination for Napoleon. um, Oppenheimer and Poor Things. Now, I've only seen a couple of these movies, but I've seen the trailer for all of them. And they all are very, like Napoleon and Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon, like the costume design, it's like period pieces.
0: Yeah, it's typical nominations, right? Yeah.
1: But poor things in Barbie are specifically like
0: weird, oddball. Yeah, costume design. Absolutely, and the, and they are the ones that I feel are the front runners, right? Like the the other ones are just kind of standard. Oh yes, like you're you're surprised that there's not a costume drama in it, right? right. Because you're like, look at all these things, but like you know Napoleon. Kind of take chick that box because it's very much so of that kind of, like you know, um, what's the fucking like? It's like the the Jane Austen of it all, except for it's a war movie. Um, but Barbie and Poor Things, I feel like I, th- I mean, you know, it's like Barbie deserves to win. Like, let's I, be honest. Like, I I
2: agree.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I, like there's so many like the costume changes in Barbie are fucking insane I, I mean it is every time you see one of those characters that that's quote in barbie like they're wearing something different and it's all mm-hmm. and and you know what that it is the only movie that i own a replica costume um of so like i have a i am knuff Hoodie, I fucking bought the Hasbro "I Am Knuff hoodie, like, <laughs> I, like or Mattel, not Hasbro. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, am I'm, I'm with you. Barbie is is the, the key there. All right. So, next on the list, directing. We've talked about Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese. I don't think Scorsese wins. Um, no. Oppenheimer. I, I. Do think it's probably Nolan's year. Poor things, Jorgos yeah. Lanthimos. I, I, I'm glad he got nominated, but this isn't his first nomination. No, um, and it
0: won't be his last. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, I want to make that clear: is he, that Jorgos is a special, special director. He's become
1: um, more like main, not mainstream, but like he went from making these like weird, fucking foreign films that everybody's like, "What the hell's this." Uh yeah, to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to now making like quote Hollywood movies that are also weird and fucked up. So like that that's I'm I'm excited for him. And that that his opera like he's getting a chance to still make his weird fucked up movies and also have uh, a bigger checkbook. Uh but yeah. Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer is the one that I'm just like okay so i I don't want to see this fucking movie like (laughs) i i it might be great but it's about like war criminals like nazis trying to like create their own like perfect suburban life as they live next to a concentration camp zero fucking interest like (laughs) <laughs> I, and, and not in a, not in a like, uh, like a super, like, uber liberal, like I was talking about earlier. Like, it's just yeah. not appropriate to talk about these kinds of things. Like, that's not, like, okay, like that, that's an interesting way to explore, like, both of those things. But I have no fucking desire, like, to see that. I just don't.
0: Um, so I'm going to give the counterpoint, which is is that I feel like Jonathan Glazer, and this is like we can talk. Like this will amount to both directing and picture, uh, for him. Um. So, Don, Jonathan Glazer, like um, I was actually talking to Marie about this. Jonathan Glazer is a fucking genius. Like he's he is one of those rare guys that makes a movie every like seven to eight years, and it's well worth the the trouble and in and, and brouhaha that they make like them like people calling it a like a work of genius i'm gonna tell you i've seen zone of interest and of all of his films it's the most accomplished but it's the one that i will not go back to because it is so horrifying he is like it's a hard movie to sit through like i sat through it in a Has he really
1: not made a movie since under the skin
0: yep absolutely that's a decade ago man yep but when you see this movie, you understand why it's so austere. It's so fine, fucking kind of purposeful in the way that it's made that. So like, you remember how like people used to say, Cooper, Cooper is like this guy who feels like an alien and he decided to document the world as he saw it. Yeah. That's fucking Jonathan Glazer. Jonathan Glazer literally feels like an alien that came to earth and, has been reading about history, talking about like, you know, like talking with people and decided to make a movie that he felt was the most important thing that shows, that he wants to show to his alien race about who we are as humans. And, and he's not happy about it. Like, and he looks at us and he feels that we are the worst pieces of trash in the world. And that's what zone of interest is. Is like, if you watch this movie, And you think about it in that context, it's like, oh, this is a warning sign. This is a warning to all other alien races that you don't go to like, like this zone of interest that you might be interested in. No, don't go there because it's horrifying. And the worst part about this is this fucking movie is PG-13. So you can take anybody to see it because, okay, so like here's the problem is, is that. This is what affected me so much about this movie. And I've not talked to anybody about it because it's been, it's been like, th- it's been a month since I saw it. And I will tell you this there are scenes in it that are so horrifying, but they are not horror centric. And it stays with you because there is no violence. It's, it's objects of violence. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it's, Since we're ahead, talking I
1: wanna, about it I, I want I to jump I'm going to skip over a bunch of categories I, okay. Since we're specifically talking about Zone of interest I'm going to jump to International feature film Yeah, And say I kind of think it's fucking bullshit That this yes. movie Is nominated for international feature film
0: And It got best picture Like no, 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 no. If you get one, you get disqualified. Like, like I feel like.
1: Well, first of all, I understand it's international because it's a movie produced in the UK, but no. I, like to me, that's not necessarily a foreign film. Like, no, I, I, it feels so disingenuous.
0: <laughs> well, now because. They called it internet They call it international film, right? And so that they can include exactly, yeah. so they can include English language films in there, which I feel is like a biggest fuck you to everything. Me too, man. Me too. Like, like, Zone of Interest deserves to be best picture because guess what? Like, I'm going to say this more than Oppenheimer. This is a movie that in 20 years people are going to look back on and go, wait, 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 wait. So you're fucking telling me Oppenheimer won everything? but zone of interest didn't win anything like that's the way that like the kids like Gen Zers in 20 years are going to act about this movie because it's going to be one of those things that people see over time and they're going to give it the acclaim that I feel like it deserves, but they're going to give it too much. And they're going to invoke the whole thing of like, well, Jonathan Glazer is our Stanley Kubrick, which I'm not opposed to, but at the same time, this is a movie that's not going to win anything. Like, and it really, I think for its reputation, it kind of, it's kind of okay that it doesn't win anything. Um, it, it's a very affecting movie. It's one of those one and done that we've talked about. I might return to it because it is so weird how it works on you and it gets under your skin. Not to pull from his other movie, yeah. But it it really, I mean, it is a genuinely like if you're not, if you're not in a bright sunny mood, to, when you see this film. It's gonna fucking like it's gonna fuck with your head because it just shows the banality like the best way I can put it to anybody that that goes to tries to see this film is just be warned the banality of evil is more shocking than evil showing like like staged produced evil and that's yeah. what he gets right he gets how little kids get to play with gold teeth yeah, and play uh, video little games with it, not realizing like that they're being desensitized yeah. to the horrors, right? And they're just like beep 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 and their parents are like sitting there going, Yes, yes, good, good. So um, like, and you just yeah. It's, you it's also
1: nominated for um uh adapted screenplay.
0: Yes, because it's based off of a uh, a novel from what's his name? I can't right. even think of his name. I've never read the novel. Um, our buddy Scott has, and he told he's told me as much as that it's a pretty good literal adaptation of what it is.
1: So the the other adapted screenplays: American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Barbie does not belong here. Uh, no, I I do think uh, Oppenheimer is probably going to win adapted screenplay. Um, although I I haven't seen American Fiction, heard good things, playing to catch up with it. I, it would be interesting if that or Barbie does win. But I you know um, well, original screenplay. Well we, go ahead.
0: I was going to just say like I feel like maybe it does have a chance because we know Nolan is getting best best director, right? Yeah. Like like so. Him not getting a writing writing Oscar could be the whole, like because we know how Academy works. It's like, oh well, you know what? Let's give Barbie this because it's not going to win Best Picture. It's not going to win this. It's not going to win that. Let's just give it this. They'll be happy. Like like it's a really shitty like kind of
1: thing. I, I do think Barbie's gonna get a gimme. But we'll talk about that. I don't think it's oh, a screenplay. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, we're uh, gonna, uh, Okay,
0: so we're going to have arguments about this because I, I, I <laughs> know which one you're going to. So go, uh, hey, hey, anyway, original
1: go screenplay, up. we've already talked about Anatomy of a Fall. We talked about The Holdovers. Yep. We talked about Maestro. The two surprises here are May, December and Past Lives, um, okay, which so... I've heard a lot about both of those. Um, Past Lives is okay. probably the only one that really actually interests me. <laughs>
0: Okay, so May, December, we've talked about, I've told you about it. Yeah. Um, I've kind of talked about about um, about past lives, and we kind of have my, my short take on it. I'm going to reassess, because so many people have told me, oh, it's not about that. You know, it's not about the fact that she, like, you know, she was emotionally cheating on, you know, it's about the, like, you know, the the passing of your childhood and your loss of your loss of like, you know, culture and stuff. I couldn't see that. Like all I saw was why do we fucking need another movie where it's supposedly fucking romantic. And all it's about is somebody fucking cheating on, on their, on their husband or wife, because essentially they're just a good person. Yeah. Like, 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 I can't fucking get over that. I'm sorry. You know what? I know there are people out there, even some of our friends that love it. Like, I won't talk to Scott about it. Like, I just won't. Like, I won't talk to Scott about it because he knows how I feel about it. And I said, You don't. I'm like, I can't. I can't abide a movie that just says it's okay to cheat, you know, because it's about other things. But at the end of the day, you're emotionally cheating. Fuck it. I'm sorry. I'm done with it. And anybody. Anybody who loves this movie and invokes Kung why Y about this, like, you know, in the mood for love, because that's everybody's fucking comp to this movie, yeah. right? I'm going to say this. Yeah, in the mood for love, right? I'm going to say this very fucking hard. They don't cheat. They don't even emotionally cheat in, in the mood of, for love. You want them to, and you want them, like, you you want them to get together to have a happy ending, but that's what makes that movie brilliant, is that they never do anything to push themselves to cheating, even emotional cheating. And here's the thing. Kung Wa made an entire fucking movie where they did cheat. And he looked at it and he went, this is wrong. I can't do this. And he completely remade that movie. And it's like, I look at that, I look at past lives and I go, they learned the wrong lessons from that movie. Like they romanticized this whole thing, even though in that movie, I feel like he never, like neither one of them cheats. They get close to it, even emotionally. They don't cheat. They stay true to their partners because they love their partners, right? Even though they're being cheated on, Um, that's what makes that movie brilliant for me. But anywho,
1: so uh, visual effects is another one Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of interested in. Like Napoleon and Mission Impossible are in there, and I'm just like, eh, okay. I feel like again, (laughs) this is like I. This is the other. I thought napoleon we got like a couple but it it got some technical stuff and this is another one where it's just like okay yeah i'm sure there's a lot of cgi shit in there uh but the three that of course really interests me guardians of the galaxy volume three although i don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to win the creator which i didn't see but uh, certainly looked like uh, fantastic from the the trailers and everything uh, but honestly, after the video of watching them hear the announcement, <laughs> like yeah. the Godzilla minus one team, fuck it, give them the Oscar, man. I didn't see the movie. Probably not gonna see the movie. Godzilla's never really been my bag. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've heard it's great. I'm sure it's great. Fuck it, give it to them. Like I've I've never seen people that happy. I don't think I've ever been that happy in my life. Like, I, <laughs> like they deserve it. Just for that.
0: (laughs) No, they, I mean, when you see the movie and the budget that they had, um, it definitely. Yeah. Like of the people, like it's between them and guardians. So like Godzilla minus one is the emotional win because to be perfectly honest, it should have been nominated for best international picture because it's that fucking good. Like it's, like I haven't released my top films of twenty twenty-three, but literally it's it's in the top three. Like I can tell I can genuinely say that because it's that good of a movie. Um, and it's not a surprise to me that it made like, you know, a surprising amount of money for a foreign film because it's that good. I mean, it's just like it's just plainly that good. Um, so yeah, like I'm with you on that. Like emotionally, like Godzilla minus one. Give it to them because that's their only like, like that's a fucking pure joy, right? Like seeing those those people. That uh, made uh, me so. I was just like, I love this. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Uh,
1: So before we get to best picture, the other two I Uh want to hit on um, are uh, original score, some interesting. So score before song. So interesting nominations here. American Fiction. Okay, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Robbie Robertson, uh, okay, uh, Laura Cartman was for American Fiction.
2: fiction um,
1: yeah. Poor Things, uh, Jerskin Fendrix, Uh mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, haven't seen those movies. Two I've seen. Indiana Jones and the of Destiny. The only fucking nomination it gets, of course, is John William's score. Yes. Um, that's great. Love John Williams, but but Oppenheimer, Ludwig Göransson, yeah, give this man a fucking Oscar. Like he is so good.
2: He really I listen is. to
1: the scores of The Mandalorian so much, and like it makes me so happy that he like. Of course, Oppenheimer is going to get nominated for anything it can get nominated for. But that this guy scored the movie and that he gets the nomination makes me so happy. I really fucking hope he wins it.
0: Absolutely. I, I feel I feel the same way. I, I feel like his work here is so accomplished um, because it's just as much of a character as anything else in the film. Like as any actor, that score because of how internal um, Murphy's performance is, there's a lot that leans heavily on this score uh, for his performance and the internal machinations of Oppenheimer, right? Um, And, like, let's just be honest, like, weirdly enough, like, he is probably the best working composer under 40 right now. I I, 100% agree He is both Like it's weird because he is both Weirdly experimental like Like Zimmer is But he's also very classicist like Williams Like if it gets announced Like if it doesn't get announced that He is doing Grogu and the Mandalorian Score and Of course he is
2: He
0: he has to right like Johnny Williams Has to sign it over so that Gordonson can do everything Every score like my biggest thing with Andor is, is that Gornson didn't score it. Yeah. Like anytime I don't see a star Wars thing that Gornson isn't scoring, I feel like they, they've fucked up because it's like not getting John Williams to do the score for star Wars before we know that he's a vet. Like, I feel like dial of destiny might be the last thing he scores. And I know that sounds very sad, I mean, but he's pretty old. Yeah I mean he's like (laughs) 93 years old Or some shit Um, And so Like Goranson I feel like this is the first Of many Academy Awards That he not only will win but deserves To win like this score is amazing Like I was actually listening to it um, I was listening to it A couple of weeks ago just because I wanted To like I forgot what the score sounded I'm like oh no that's a Goranson score Like I automatically yeah I, I was
1: Blown away that he scored Oppenheimer to begin with, like because I I, I thought for sure like okay this will be another fucking like Hans Zimmer thing, yeah. um and, and I I I like Hans Zimmer but to me like his stuff is so imposing in the wrong ways. Um, sometimes it works, but mostly. I'm just like it it overtakes the fucking movie for me mm-hmm. so many times um mm-hmm. so I, I, whereas gornson I feel like it it only enhances and like i i just i really really hope he wins it i i there's not a i don't doubt that he will, but i i i i will be so happy for him, like he's so good and yeah he he deserves to be the that that guy that kind of go-to guy going forward for a, that we saw John Williams do so much stuff when like he was so prolific uh when we were growing up and Hans Zimmer pretty prolific dude um uh trying drawing a blank on some other people but you know him when you hear him, you know
0: yeah no 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 absolutely John Williams Hans Zimmer um Uh, Jerry Goldsmith Like there are these guys that are iconic Right? Like super Iconic and you cannot You cannot get around Who they are as composers And Goranson, you know, to your point Very much so like that
1: All right, so best original song You have the Fire Inside From the Flaming Hot movie Uh, Mm -hmm. Music and lyrics by Diane Warren Okay Uh, I didn't see it so I'm not going to judge But whatever I'm just Ken from Barbie uh, mm-hmm. Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt wrote it, of course, brilliantly sung by uh by our boy uh it never went away from uh American symphony do I know nothing about that any of that so, um,
0: I only know because culturally um or from from um, not culturally, but uh, from from the from the documentary that I saw about him. Um, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, but I do
1: know. Yeah, bit. John Batiste and uh, Dan Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, a song from My People. I won't try to pronounce. Uh, but, uh, from Killers of the Flower yeah. Moon, Moon. Uh, yeah. by Scott George, and then what was I made for? From Barbie, uh, Billie Eilish, and uh, Phineas O'Connell. I I'm. This is why I think Barbie gets the give me Oscar for either yeah. one of those songs. Yes,
0: I feel like I know it sounds weird, but I feel like the uh, Elish song uh-huh. is better because if you're talking about best song, you're also talking about the song that makes it, the movie.
2: Yeah,
1: it actually what means it something is. i is.
0: I'm uh, I'm just kidding.
1: Like there's some
0: subtext there, but it's a joke. You know? Yes. It really is. It's not it's not meant to be something that, like, oh, well, this is the best song of the year. Like, it's more along the lines of Yeah, it's the Billy Alish because it's tied to the be- like it's tied to the movie's themes, to which I we already know it's gonna be it like. Even if he does it, which I I, am fairly certain he's not going to perform it because of all of his solidarity with his uh, non nominees, he's just gonna go. I think
1: they'll push him. I think they'll push. I think they will all push him to not, uh, you know, look this gift horse in the mouth and take the opportunity um, and highlight the movie a little bit more. I think they will all push him to do the performance.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Like I, I like I like what you're saying. Um, I hope that that's the case, but at the same time, I'm fairly like I feel like he's like he's gonna sit there and just do his what I love, which is the whole Ryan Gosling of the situation, which is yeah. just not like not go into the whole well i'm gonna i'm gonna campaign for this um i I also
1: think his wife will push him to do it because like uh, i don't know if you saw eva mendez's uh like uh little uh thing but she was just like you know what whatever people like ever this my my husband took so much shit when he took on this role so many people just just going after him, so mm-hmm. much hate, and now he's getting recognition, and like we're we're playing that down because uh other people weren't nominated like whatever i'm gonna like props to her for just being like whatever I'm gonna celebrate my guy, I'm proud of him, I'm proud of the work he did, and like I'm extremely excited and happy that he got this nomination, so uh like it it's kind of twofold like i i don't know that they want him to to do that you know what i mean
2: like no I, no absolutely you know,
1: so you know if if he stands his ground great if he if he's out there performing also great so um but so do you you think that the Billie Eilish song will win? Or do uh, you think no, that, that Barbie like... song split the vote and uh, a song for my people winds up winning?
0: <laughs> uh, no, I feel like Ken is going to win, even though it should not win. Because yeah. it's not representative of the movie, because the movie is really... Like that Billy Eilish song. is so <laughs> It's special. also another
1: kick in the crotch to fucking Barbie. If I'm exactly. just Ken, wins the <laughs> wins the Oscar.
0: <laughs> which it's proven it like the Golden Globes uh, let Bill like like the Eilish song won, which it absolutely like I feel like it absolutely deserves to win. Like there's no way fans or butts about this. Like to me, it's like no. What are we talking? Why are we even having this conversation now? What the real, like, okay, so, like, at least it got nominated in the, at least it got nominated category. So how do we feel at the begin? Like, so in around March of last year, we talked about a certain particular song that we felt like, oh, that's it. It's in the bag. This <laughs> is going to win. I, yeah. It nominated. Yeah. Uh, I, Peaches.
1: I, I think it's it's weird. I, we didn't. We never saw "I'm Just Ken" coming, like no, we didn't. Never saw it coming. I, I feel like the the voters definitely went like, "Oh, we can't nominate both of these goofy songs,"
0: which is so
1: fucking stupid.
0: Like, if you so. really think about it, it's really dumb, right? Like, you can't. You
1: have to. I like, think Peaches is uh, is up there with like legit snubs. Like yes. And, and honestly, uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers is probably a better movie than than Elemental. I mean,
2: yes, well, I'll probably rewatch be that before
1: I rewatch Elemental. But I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. Uh it still wouldn't have won, but it would have been
0: fucking great to see
1: Jack Black come out there and perform it.
0: Perform the shit out of that. Like, yeah. like make you guys understand why he is a singer or like why he is a part-time singer and and why um uh Ryan Gosling is not, right? Yeah. Like like although he, Gosling
1: did over uh the holidays yes. release several different <laughs> versions. Which, yes, and, and, and you know, credit videos. to him, man. I mean that that was that's, uh, you know, I appreciate his, uh, like, just like I'm I'm in on this. Like, this wasn't just a paycheck. Like, you know, I I appreciate that. Um, although I, also part of that makes me feel like it took a a lot of shine off of like the actual Barbie of it all. So yes, um. All right, so let's briefly hit Best Picture, last category. We've talked about all these movies. American fiction, w- which we haven't really gotten into, mostly because I don't want to know anything about American fiction because I do want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I've like i gone radio silent on learning anything about this movie beyond what I already know um, because I like everybody involved in it. Anatomy of the Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, killers of the flower moon maestro oppenheimer past lives poor things zone of interest is there any fucking way oppenheimer doesn't win best picture
0: absolutely not this yeah. is this is this year like regardless of what anybody thinks about it so like okay so and it actually is a perfect convex for academy awards because the last couple of years, and this is something that I feel like we don't talk like people don't talk enough about, which is is that the best pictures over the last few years have made no money. And yeah. this, like, the thing is, is that you and I remember an era where best picture movies made over a hundred million dollars, like, yeah. like, or or were blockbusters, right? Like Rain Man, I think about. Rain Man was a fucking blockbuster. Like, it was a blockbuster. It made so much goddamn movie your parents went to go see it you got to get, and eventually go see uh, got to see it it was big performances by big actors um like you know there was a time where best picture guaranteed you to make a lot of money and that's why a lot of best pictures were released in december were because it was the whole thing of like okay let's make money like Another one that was just nominated, but it didn't win, but it benefited from it was like back in the 80s. There's this little movie called Glory uh, and the movie, made no money opening weekend. But then it got a whole bunch of Golden Globe nominations and it got a whole bunch of Oscar nominations. And this. This younger actor that we would all been seeing and he got nominated for a best actor before this, but then he got best supporting actor named Denzel Washington wins the oscar and it becomes very apparent this dude is going to be a superstar and all of a sudden the movie makes like 80 million Mm dollars and everybody wants to go see it because the oscars were like a cultural thing and it got nominated for best picture and that started the ball rolling we haven't had that in a long like in a while and now we have one that's a big blockbuster. It got re-released in theaters. It's making gangbusters on physical media along yeah. with streaming. This is the thing where Oscars has the chance to... We we made a best picture, and everybody agrees. It's the best picture, even though it's not the best picture. But you know what I mean? Like It's a return to form for Oscars. And so if they don't, if it doesn't win... That's a loss for them. And I and I know that sounds weird after all the shit that I've been talking about Oppenheimer. But for an entity like the Oscars, the only thing you—the thing that you have to do is get it right. So, like, if it doesn't win, then it better be fucking Barbie. It better not be one of these half-ass—like, and I'm not saying half-ass in the way that you guys think that I'm saying half-ass. I'm saying half-ass in the way that it's, like, anatomy of the fall, anatomy of a fall, poor things, Killers zone, of the of moon, zone of interest like these are truly great films but for a ec- best picture you better get it, it either it either has to, for for the academy for me at least it has to be either barbie or oppenheimer it can't be it can't be any of the other 10 nom- or eight nominees that they did if they do that's a failure on their part it, and they, yeah. they had their head so far up their ass
1: it, at some point the academy started doing this like uh i don't want to call it tokenism or wokeness or it, like it it was just this like patting themselves on the back by giving best picture to movies that that you know kind of uh and I sound like I know I know what I sound like a dude from the south who fucking votes red right across the line I I don't yeah. um but it it very much did feel like oh we have to give pat ourselves on the back for look how socially conscious we are look how like you know it, it and it was just bullshit you know yeah. it, like i will forever forever look at crash and just be like yep what what like yep. first of all if you're going to do this pat yourself on the back bullshit, like, we're gonna give it to the movie that, like, okay, you're gonna give it to the movie that, that's like, <laughs> yeah, deep down, all white people are mostly racist, or kind of racist, like, I mean, not saying that that's not true, I'm just saying, like, you're not fucking saying anything new. You're not. Yeah. Like, the movie that was, like, tackling a social issue of that time was the fucking gay cowboy movie and exactly. you know, if you're going to give it to one for doing something like that that's the one you should have fucking gave it to um uh it it but it became that kind of thing even if it was like more like uh like there were a, a couple of military tinged movies that that either nominated or won Best Picture. And, like, Mm -hmm. it became this, like, oh, look, no, we support the troops kind of thing. Because, like, yes, yes, we're liberal, but we do support the troops. So, like, here, uh, fucking Catherine Bigelow, here's your (laughs) Oscar. And not that that movie's not good. I do think it's good. But at the time, it was the lowest-performing Best Picture winner of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, it did become this, like... Pat ourselves on the back, aren't we good white people? kind of fucking award and it's like this is bullshit <laughs> like um you know so i'm 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 with you there, like Oppenheimer might not be a quote important movie, but I do think it is the best picture yes. of those no. nominees, and of course, I haven't seen all of them but now now if if you're talking about between Oppenheimer and Barbie and the movie that is quote important, I will say it's probably Barbie um absolutely, like Oppenheimer has a chance to even very briefly talk about the injustices like beyond dropping the bomb, the injustices that we did in developing the bomb um and that that is dismissed with like. Um, A line about how Like when we're done here uh, Like I forget what it is I'd have to go watch it But they pushed a bunch of people Off that land Yep. And that's not even Fucking approached in the movie Like it's not even said It's just it's so dismissive And and, and Nothing I'm not you know Attacking the movie it's just like uh, Okay like you you're you know you're like we can't tackle that subject because we're already tackling like this man's uh coming to terms with the fact that you know he he has brought all this brought about all this destruction anyway um but yeah you know i think barbie is uh, in the grand scheme of things maybe the more important movie and has more to say than oppenheimer but i do think oppenheimer is the the quote best picture. Not my favorite. Not by far. Uh, it's, it's not even in my top five of the year. Um, but of course I only saw 30 movies last year. So. Um, but yeah. Uh, Oscars. Uh, when does that? Is it late February? Early March?
0: Uh, no it's early. It's early March. March okay. 2nd I think. All right.
1: So yeah. we'll We'll, we'll see how. How we do? I'm sure we'll have a little bit more Oscar talk after uh, the week after the Oscars. Uh, but I mean, I'm, we'll also try to keep it minimal. I, I doubt we're going to see anybody get punched on the Oscars this year, though. So uh,
0: don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we never know. We never know. Like, uh, but probably not. Um, um, but we'll um, see. I mean, like you know, it's not a bad thing. Um, uh, so. Why don't we talk? Why? Like, I mean, what's next week? I mean, I uh, guess we'll be having a, the True Detective talk. Yeah, uh, I, I'm probably
1: oh. gonna rewatch all the episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I am seeing. Um, I am going to be at a screening of a press screening for Argyle, so I'll have my review, so we can probably talk about that if you manage to make it out
1: for Argyle. I'm probably not going to see it, but I would like. I would. I, I have no. Like don't spoil it for me, kind of thoughts. I, Mm -hmm. you know, would yeah, definitely interested in uh, hearing what you think. So um, it looks fun, but it also looks like something I can wait to catch up with. You know it. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever.
0: I did, and I also did. uh, So um, I, I'm back in full, like watching, trying to get, uh, trying to get into press screenings and stuff mode. And I did get my Madam Web. Um, screening so i know when it's gonna happen so i will be seeing that we will be seeing that disaster so just so that you guys know i do uh like i do plan on seeing it on the, other than i i have skipped out on the last few just because it's been so hard to get um out of work mode and get into the cinema to see stuff but um yeah it's coming back in a big way um, i've seen uh, i've actually seen the new coen brothers movie but even though it's not a coen brothers movie it's only one of them uh drive away dolls i've actually seen that can't talk about it right now uh but i have seen the new Cohen for 2020 uh 2024 which is like very interesting to say it's not a coen brothers movie it's just a Cohen movie um so there's a lot of stuff that we can kind of start to talk about uh, in the coming weeks as cool. 2024 is become, starting to become alive, right? Yeah, wait, I, I will but, be seeing Madam Webb, Seth. So. <laughs> okay, well, you could definitely, like, I, I figured as much just because you, you're you a glutton for punishment, especially when it comes to the Sony things. Um, so, yeah, that, that
1: right Thursday, um, I am, t- Ripley has her appointment to be, uh... Fixed
2: Oh, and so okay.
1: I will be dropping her off Thursday morning okay. I'll probably come home and sleep and then Since I have to leave her overnight I'm mm-hmm. going to be beside myself I'm going to console myself With the screening of Madam Web <laughs> I don't know if
2: that's a good thing Or a bad thing
1: I'm going to really miss my dog while Watching the movie <laughs> Um, anyway, go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, um, including Pod Lasso, uh, the Ted Lasso rewatch podcast I do with Jess. We're, we're so close to, to ending our rewatch, uh, and we're gonna find something to do to fill the gap while we hopefully wait on more Ted Lasso that keeps getting teased. Um, I think it's going to happen. I think it's just a matter of when um and if yeah. you want to read my writing you can go check that out over at adam's website
0: yes that's movieall.com where um we are in the midst of reviewing uh 2023 as a um as a year mine should be coming up shortly uh, another writer shane he his is actually posting early this week um logan had already posted his um, like which I love. What's not it's a best of list? Mine was a, uh, here's the 30 things I watched last year, <laughs> but it, it's still you give comment and context to what you watched and if you liked it or not. And I love it. I love, I love having somebody having to go through and read all of the things that you watched. Um, and give a like, give them context to your year, which is essentially the same thing as a top ten list. I mean, it's essentially like you're always giving context for the year that was. So I'm, I, 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 I love it. Uh, I loved uh, I loved your list, and so like people can read that. Um, <laughs> I don't. There might those. not be
1: thirty movies I watch in twenty twenty four.
0: I think that you're gonna get. I think you're gonna see uh, uh, more. Uh, like I think you're gonna see thirty of twenty twenty four. I can like I think you said the same thing in twenty twenty three, and you still managed to to see about thirty. So. um but yeah, like uh, we got all the good stuff on the site. We got some more home video post stuff, and then like I said, I I'm making a full, well, good, a better jump into 2024 with content in the theater. So you're gonna see, start seeing more reviews. Like like this week, I'm going to see Argyle to see how it lives up to, like you know, it, it's a very divisive film. I I'm finding people are like, yeah, I really liked it, or man, that was crap. Um, I think I have an idea of the twist of who Argyle actually is. And I think that everybody else can kind of uh, figure it out because this particular person that was never in any of the trailers before, and they're still not in, but they're promoting the film. Um, It's a certain Academy Award-winning actor. I noticed I didn't say actor or actress, like female, male, just said an actor. So you'll have to infer what you have to infer. But I think that that's actually the real Argyle in the movie, which will make it very interesting. And I always love Matthew Bond movies. I really do. Like, yeah. even his last crazy-ass... Um, uh, the last... The the King's Man. Uh, and uh, apparently
1: there's a third uh, Kingsman.
0: Even yes, though there's coming, already
1: three. There's a yes. prequel Kingsman, two Kingsman movies, and a third one forthcoming apparently he has the beginning and the end just working on the middle so yes um yeah uh interesting so i i I, and i do i do like matthew vaughn like even when it's goofy and stupid i like matthew vaughn so um anyway uh yeah interested to hear your take on that next week and definitely definitely we'll be talking about uh well assuming you get caught up Well, we'll we'll be talking about True Detective um, because I think I may be going back to watch season one this week. uh, I I feel like there's a lot of stuff I'm missing. If I don't go rewatch it, I'm probably going to dig up. I'm sure that there's some podcasts that are like, so here's. Like how this connects to season one So I'm probably going to dig up Some of that stuff and, and listen to it this week um, But anyway, yeah So we'll be back next week uh, With all of that We'll see you guys then
0: Talk to you soon Number two comics Number three Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit Number four Mario Number five Weird Al Number six Batman Number seven Number eight Simpsons Number nine TV Number ten every single band That I stole all their MP3s But they really all sold out Stay out all together if you're with me now